Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... We're an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. It is a new month, June 1st, 2023. And most importantly, on this morning's Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, let's wish a happy, happy birthday to the great Commonwealth of Kentucky. Happy birthday, Kentucky. You did it. You did it. June 1st is when Kentucky officially became a state. We did it, Roush. Celebrate with horses, bourbon, some horses, have a little bit of bourbon, just, you know, the Kentucky things that we do around the, this this state. How are you doing, Roush? I'm, uh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, celebrating Kentucky's birthday with a cup of coffee. Uh, no, uh, no, none of Kentucky's finest spirits in it, um, although I'm sure there are some people waking up just ready to... Ready to, to do that is when uh, the, the best day for Kentucky basketball fans yesterday. But hey, that's what we're here for. This is going to be a therapy session for the Big Blue Nation today, TJ Walker. Oh, we've got a lot to talk about on today's show. It's going to be juicy. It's going to be electric. And we're going to want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Scooch, what were you doing 231 years ago back in 1792 when Kentucky became a state? Uh, That was, I guess, two lives ago. I think I was a porcupine. Uh, So I was roaming around the forests just doing nothing. So it was oh, it was great. That was boy. before my human life. Well, boy, Scooch, what I think I ask you this every year, but which which number state was Kentucky? You, you, I think you know that there was the thirteen original colonies. Oh man, I, I don't remember ever being asked this one. I remember being asked the year, which I'll never forget, thanks to Roush because of the bourbon, seventeen ninety two. Um, I don't know, eighteen. Good guess. But actually, the fifteenth. Oh, okay. Indiana was yep. seventeen. I want to say. I think that um, could be accurate. I'm trying to figure, remember which one's the Ohio was fourteenth, correct? No. Really? No. No. West of the original 
13 colonies. Kentucky was the first. So really, really you could make the case Kentucky's actually the best. So it, 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 it was one of those that would have split up from Massachusetts colony then, right? So was it like Vermont or? It was Vermont, not a split up from the Massachusetts colony. They were actually part of New York and New Yorkers didn't want to recognize them. But Vermont's always been pretty wildly independent. Uh, but they, they were 14th, Kentucky 15th. And the rest over 231 years is history. Not some good uh, history in the state yesterday, though. No, no. Uh, while we're at it, kind of wild. You, you just said the 1792, and I got to thinking, oh, so only 300 years after Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Um, that was a, was a long time ago. It's really, really long time ago. Uh, well, good. Yes. Yeah. Hundreds, hundreds of years. So in, uh, in, the the other part of it that's hard for me to like conceptualize is like picked my parents up from the airport in Europe and they just were like over there in Europe the like everything is that old you know like here's a church it's a thousand years old or look at this building it was built in the 1300s and you're like what um, so yeah just things uh, a little bit older elsewhere we're we're still young pups here in the the state of Kentucky. Yeah, that is, it is kind of true. And that even kind of applies to parts of America opposed to older parts of America. But like in Kentucky, you know, you'll be like, this house was built in 1880. And it's like, whoa, cool. It's a yeah. pretty old house for Kentucky standards. And then, I mean, there's older houses, obviously, in Kentucky, but that would be considered a pretty old one. Anytime I get to do an appraisal on a house that's been around since the Civil War, which I know is 1860s, uh, it's like, whoa, all right, you don't see this every day. But then you go to New England or parts of Carolinas, and it's like, uh, 1710. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, right. And then you're right. Then you, then you cross the big ocean. It's like 1710. Ah, it's got a new roof on it. Nice. Like that. This is from 1392. And it's like, yeah, that's a game changer. Um, game changer is what happened with UK basketball yesterday. We're going to talk about it. First, I need to know how Scoot's Wednesday evening was. Uh, it was good. I did end up getting out into golf yesterday. So that was really nice. I... Went and played one of the shortest, most easy courses in this area, mostly because it was close to my house and they had some tee times open. So I went and did that. I was going to play 18 holes, played nine, shot a 40. So was feeling really good, ready to go to the back nine. I had these, a group of three kids in front of me and they were, they were doing okay pace wise, but they went around and they got to the first tee like they were going to play 18 again so that pretty much ruined me and then what did I tell you all I did the thing where I couldn't see my ball on the ninth hole I played it was a par five I was going uphill just smacked my five iron right towards the green did not see my ball in the air at all so I was like let me just drive up luckily it was right in the fairway right in front of the green but then I turned towards the 10th hole hit my drive don't see it at all and my wrist was hurting a little bit. Y'all can make fun all you want, but I decided at that moment I was like, "I'm, I'm gonna pick up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna head on out. I'm, I'm good with my nine holes." But it was good. It was nice to be out there. I was super sweaty. Luckily, I had a towel with me to wipe off. But yeah, it was, it was nice to get out there, back in the heat, ready for summer. Come on. Do you ever have a round of golf that like that isn't controversial in some capacity? Yeah. Can you just play it and it just be normal? No. Like no, no injuries, no having to make up. You lost a ball, so you get three drops and all that stuff. No, I didn't do that yesterday, but 
Yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't play a non-controversial round of golf. I guess no. No mulligans on that forty on the front nine. I didn't use not a single mulligan. No, I was. I was. I was locked in on that front nine. But like I said, I mean, it's. I'm not gonna pat myself on the back too much because it is a super easy course. Well, I, I'm happy to hear it. I just you've lied to us so many other times in the past. I just I don't know what to what to believe. <laughs> About what? You know, like you'll play around and then it'll come out a couple days later. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I took a couple drops here, took a couple drops there. And it, it is it is unusual for somebody to go out there and fire a 40 when they're a 25 handicap and then just be like, no, I don't want to finish the round. What if you would have what if you would have shot in the 70s? You know, I was thinking about that, but I, honestly, guys, it was and you all can make fun all you want, but I was. When it comes to my wrist, I was like, I don't think I should continue to play. I need to just go home, ice this, get this bad boy completely healthy because it was, it just was not feeling right on my on my swing through. So I I was a little bit worried about it. I do wish I would have hung out there and see if I maybe could have gotten the seventies, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. I mean, you you all think I'm terrible golfer anyway, so I don't I don't even care what you all think anymore. How about that? I, it just my golf game's between me and the course. That's and true. the listeners of KRC. And the listeners, of course. Thousands and thousands and thousands spread across Kentucky and southern Indiana and all over the globe want to hear about Scoots cheating in golf. Unbelievable. Scoots were kidding. I, I think that was the responsible adult thing to do. You're starting to ache a little bit. Don't push through the pain. Whoa. Go home and rest. Whoa. You, you can't be serious. There's got to be sarcasm, right? No, I think that you you probably made the uh, a, a correct call. I did. I, I I'm do, not getting. I do, I do wonder why you can't play around a golf without getting injured. But I also broke my foot at a Top Golf, so I, I'm not getting the one to press the issue. I'm not getting the baby talk that I'm such a little wimp and yada yada. I mean, you this are weird. But what's that going to change? What's that going to do? <laughs> true. Very true. Mm-hmm. Good point. Well, good. I'm glad you had a nice, uh, nice Wednesday. Great, nice temperature for you out there. Oh yes, come on. I will take cool. 80s, mid 80s, upper 90 or low 90s all day, every day. It was probably a little too toasty for my liking. Although it was still nice. I, I still got outside after work and uh, did a few things outside. Oh, I should have known yesterday wasn't going to be a good day, Roush. When um, I I put up these stupid stupid geese in my backyard they're the they're the the canada geese go back home very dumb get get the hell out of here uh it's summer you can you can head back north now but they just poop all over the yard and i've got the dumbest worst dog in america I, i say that lovingly of course but probably factually accurate and he'll eat the goose poop there's just no other way around it but he'll eat the goose poop um he'll eat really any any sort of feces that he can find in the backyard not every time it's not like a beeline to go do that but it's not uncommon to like look over at him and see him eating a goose turd and it's the grossest nastiest thing in the world and i can't imagine that geese turds are probably good for for dogs um and he has thrown up a couple, which is even the grossest thing in the world. I mean, I'm going to get off this and even somehow go to something even a little bit grosser. So I built this like little makeshift fence because I know where the geese are getting in and out. And you may be saying like geese can fly. What are you talking about? These are geese with babies and they're not flying. Even the mom and dad don't like 
choose to fly even though they can and there's been times where like one of the mom or dad has been stuck in the backyard because it just refuses its lazy ass to fly over the fence um so i've like kind of boarded up where it could squeeze under it's got a farm fence back there because i'm just i'm sick of the and lucy likes running around the backyard even uh, preventing the dog isn't the only reason why you don't want goose poop in your backyard so i am i get home from work yesterday just I, I I should and this was a little bit before five o'clock, so I should have known everything was going to go south for UK basketball. But uh, the geese are in the backyard, so I'm like, oh, good job, idiot! Your fence totally worked. You did it four days ago, and the geese are already back there. And they had kind of pushed down part of these are relentless geese. They had kind of pushed down a little part of the fence, and they were in the backyard. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go shoo them out of here, and then I'm going to fix the fence. And in the meantime, I'll let the dog run around, go potty. He hasn't been outside since we left for work. So doing all that, the geese are taking a little longer to get out of the backyard than normal. I look over. This is another thing my stupid dog does. He's rolling around in the geese poop. He just likes to mm, yeah, mask yeah. himself in the scent of that poop. And mine, mine does that every once in a while. He'll even do it in his own poop. Yeah, he'll do it in his own poop, too. I, I guess it's just like a dog thing, you know? Yeah, like, I, I'm sure it's like some of their pheromones or something. Uh-huh. But they just, yeah, yeah. Um, it's gross it's gross it's gross right. and then my dog also hates Especially water goose so poop because goose poop is just the ugh. it's very no, it's, messy yeah it's just terrible Stinky. and they're like yeah, yeah yeah and then he hates water too but he knows if he does it he's like gonna i get out the hose and he gets sprayed down because i'm not letting the dog in the house when he's got poop on him a lot of poop talk to start today's show so anyways that's not even the worst of it somehow and i get the geese out i'm like ugh shucks abe i'm really mad at you but i said other stuff and then i get i finally get the geese out i turn back around he is swallowing a not baby bunny but like a juvenile bunny just whole just whole like i looked over at him i was like what the hell is that in his mouth that is the biggest turd that's not a turd that is what is it? I, I couldn't really make it out. And it wasn't until like he lifted his throat up to be able to get more in it that I saw these like two little legs in the back. And whatever it was, I believe was already dead because it wasn't like moving or kicking. And I, I was like, ape, no. And he kind of stopped and looked at me and then just swallowed the whole thing. Swallowed the entire thing. Wow. What? I should have known it was going to be a horrible, horrible Wednesday when that was the how I was greeted to the house. Yeah, that's... Um, so gross. Not great, Bob. Not great. Scoots, what uh, do you think about this? I, I'm just blown away. So he did... He rolled in poop, ate a rabbit. I, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Like he obviously yeah. had to crunch it a little bit, right. but it wasn't like, you know, he was like shredding it to pieces or anything like that. He just like a snake eating a giant rat. He just, I don't know how he even did it. I mean, it's not and, like Abe's a massive dog either. He's, he's pretty petite little guy. Yeah. He's like, he's like 50 pounds. He's a medium sized dog. He's probably gotten a little smaller in his older age now, but I, I, I like, I was like, oh my gosh. And with him having a tendency to throw up a turd here or there. I was like, well, he's going to throw up this rabbit. I'm going to let him inside the house and the wife's going to get home. And there's going to be like a half chewed up, thrown up rabbit on the floor. Did you say that again? I don't want to say it again. (laughs) So I like kept him outside longer, but he hates being outside by himself. He's just, he's a, he's a mess of a dog. 
And the thing is, like, he's really matured in his old age too. Really grown up. Hey, you know the best part for my geese problem would be if my stupid hunting dog would go chase away the geese, but he's scared of them. But if there's a rabbit or a mammal or especially a skunk in the backyard, he is as ferocious as all get out. I guess it's the geese's hissing that really scares him. So if you hiss, he'll probably stay away from you. If you do anything else, he will try to eat you entirely. So then, like, 10 minutes later, the official Oscar news came out that he was gone, gone. UK was losing its best rebounder in program history and one of the better centers that have come through here in the Calipari era, which is saying something because there's been such a uh, high level of five play at UK over the last decade plus. And he's not necessarily even leaving to go be like a dominant pro. He's going, he's leaving to, to see if he can make it. It's it was a not a good Wednesday, Roush. Chris Livingston did what we all expected him to do. It still begs the question, like why? Why did you take so long? Why, yeah, when you yeah. announced that you were leaving, did you just say like I'm not coming back to college? This is what I'm doing. Makes no sense whatsoever. That was not yeah. surprising, but still somewhat frustrating. And then we all accurately predicted the Antonio Reeves news. The um... The Chris Livingston bit, the only thing that I could imagine is maybe his agency thought that you would get more pop if you strummed up a little bit of drama, if you waited until the 11th hour on. Because yesterday was certainly a, like it ended up feeling almost like a signing day sort of deal online with all the announcements of staying or going. Uh, you know, we can get to some of the other major decisions, but. Uh, uh, maybe his agency thought like, oh, this will be the way that we get the most eyeballs and get the most attention on Chris. Um, when I think it's easy to argue the other way around that like, well, nobody cares because it was <laughs> kind of got lost in the wash. But uh, regardless, if we, we did, we did nail it. Um, you kind of, uh, it, shortly after we got off the air, it became, it was already kind of trending that way for Oscar Shibway, but it was, it was play, uh, clear as mud. Uh, no, clear, opposite of that. Clear as uh, crystal that he was going to announce at 5 p.m. Just a couple hours in advance. Everybody's like, all right, Oscar's going to go pro. So, uh, yeah, it stinks. I think the, the most exhilarating and nerve-wracking part of the day, though, was when John Rothstein reported that Antonio Reeves is coming back to school but he did not specify which one, and it it, it set off a, <laughs> it set off a panic there. TJ, who was like, "Wait, is it? Wait, that's good. He's going back to school. Yeah." But and then and then everybody kind of realized, "Wait, that didn't say which school. So is it going to be Kentucky?" And then uh, Jack confirmed that uh, it it could be Kentucky. It could be somewhere else too. Yeah, it really, with the exception of Antonio Reeves just coming out, like if the announcement was Antonio Reeves, similar to, who was it? Was it Marcus Lee, I think, where it was like, Marcus Lee, not going pro, which, oh, whoa, who didn't see that one coming? Right. But he is going to California. It was like, oh, oh, so we're not getting him back after all. Oh, interesting. Like that would have made, the only way yesterday could have been worse for UK basketball is if Re the announcement was Reeves is not going pro, but he is going to Memphis State. And you didn't get that, but you also didn't get Reeves is coming back to Kentucky. So you're still in flux there. Got to get him. 
you got to get him. And the latest update from Jack Pilgrim last night was that he does think Reeves ultimately comes back to UK. You, you just, you have to get him. You can replace Livingston, and you can replace Livingston and maybe even be better off. I, I like Livingston a lot. I think he is going to be a good basketball player someday, but I still don't understand the what his what his people are telling him. But regardless, I, I think he's got plenty of potential. But you can get somebody in that's maybe more experienced, won't have people demanding this or that role during the season. Livingston being gone... I hate saying this, and this is somebody that really liked, enjoyed watching him play. But like, we will for, we'll forget about him. We'll have to remind ourselves, like, you remember Chris Livingston? Oh yeah, I remember yeah, Chris Livingston. Yeah. Um, and that stinks. It, it could have been a totally different story for him. It is what it is. He can be replaced. He can be replaced relatively easily. Even a few names that have been thrown around, which we'll get to a little bit later on today's show, would would suffice there. Uh, Oscar. I, um... With, think, with Chris Livingston, quickly, I think what we'll remember him most for is being the first clutch guy to be a pain in our asses. Because uh, we'll get to it later, but uh, it just that doesn't sound like the clutch annoyance isn't isn't going anywhere. And that's and that you're right. That is an entirely different conversation that we will get to. Oscar, like you can't really replace his rebounding. That's impossible. But. Hey, folks, everybody that whined about his defense for the last two years, it's gone. Like, you you, you know, it, you would hope that UK can get back to being elite defensively or at least one of the better defensive teams in the country, which has usually been a staple of Calipari teams, and it has not been the last two years. So I didn't want Oscar to leave. Definitely wanted him to return. UK will sorely miss some of his scoring and his rebounding, but I think it's replaceable. Like, I think overall, you can say Kentucky can be fine without Oscar Sheboy. You can say that with about Livingston. You can say that about Oscar Sheboy. I just don't know if you can say it about Antonio Reeves. And because UK can go get other bigs, they're seemingly recruiting a couple other fours and fives, and that'll be great. I think you need to land one of those players. And you'll have some options there. And you sh- you still should feel good about the front court if Bradshaw is going to be the player that we hope and expect him to be. If Uganda takes the jump that we hope and expect him to take, you can be all right there at that position. I just There's not other scores that are quality, that are Antonio Reeves-like quality in the portal right now. Doesn't mean there still can't be another surprise or two. Graduate transfers can transfer still, so there could be potentially. But there, it's slim pickings at this point. Antonio Reeves, what he would bring to UK, and I could be proven wrong about this, and I'll admit it if I am, I don't think it can be replaced with what's left out there in the portal. He, I said it during the transfer portal, uh, during the last two months, I've brought this up several times, I think he was the most important stay-or-go decision. Because if you don't get him back at Kentucky and you don't replace him with another guard that can score and can shoot, then you better hope DJ Wagner and Rob Dillingham are good outside shooters that aren't overly inconsistent. Otherwise, you're going to have a bad three-point shooting team. And if you have a bad three-point shooting team, then it's going to be packing the paint, and it's going to be much harder for Dillingham 
to beat somebody off the dribble when you have four guys waiting in the paint for him. Same with DJ Wagner. It's going to be harder to get you gonna in a little pick and roll and alley-oop setting when everybody can just pack it in. You need, you absolutely have to have somebody that can spread the floor and knock down outside shots. And Antonio Reeves is the perfect piece for that. And I just don't know if you're replacing that if he goes anywhere else. So wherever things stand, if he needs his nil to be buffed up, if he needs his ego to be buffed up, the the, the idea that like he he wants to be branded better. He had billboards all over. Like I, I saw billboards of Antonio Reeves. Hush up about that. Whoa. If he needs more money, then he needs more money. But stop about the brand stuff. The, the, the branding stuff is a two-way street. Like Antonio is not a charisma. Like he, he is the least charismatic dude in front of a camera possible. It's hard to brand that, right? Like you, so, Some of it's on you, too. Um, I think the most legitimate concerns that I would have if I were him that he's kind of sharing with Jack and other members of the media is just that he doesn't want to just be relegated to stand in the corner and shoot threes guy, which I can respect, right? Like you played college basketball for four years. It's your last ride. You don't want to be the backseat driver. So to, to a couple of freshmen who like to have the ball in their hands all the time. And you know what I would do, TJ, I would show some clips of, DJ Wagner driving and kicking to Justin Edwards for three in the McDonald's All-American game. Like, that's – I know that that is – he was standing in the corner for a couple of them, but you can you can make it clear that that is – you're not just going to be the guy standing in the corner. Cal's got to sell that. Um, he's got to be able to sell that to him. Well, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but, like, slightly pushing back, oh, no, you're going to get wide-open threes in the corner – and you yeah, just get to shoot like it's a practice. That that's what we're complaining about. Yeah, I, no. That, that, I, I, like, and, and my thing is too, Antonio Reeves. That's going to be your role in the NBA. So why don't you get really good at it? You're not going to be some sort of point guard guy. I know you're taller, but you're not a very good ball handler. You got to do it at Illinois State, but that's because you were in the Missouri Valley. Like, and like this, this stuff is so dumb too. That like, hey, Antonio Reeves, if you can go create your own shot and score. Are, you don't think that you're going to be getting the ball? Like, you don't think you're going to have a chance to do that at UK? Yeah, you think that, like, UK is just going to let Dillingham dribble off his foot and Wagner throw up bricks? In the meantime, Reeves is standing in the corner and UK is just, and Cal's just going to be like, keep it as it is. Nobody switch a damn thing. Like, you know, sometimes Cal can let freshmen be a little too lenient, although it seems like sometimes that narrative shifts where it's like he's too invested in his experienced players. Regardless, it's just nonsensical. Like, it, it's nonsensical to think that, like, well, I'm going to be the third fiddle now. Then don't be, you goober. Then be the first or second fiddle. Yeah, then be yeah. the guy. Uh, I think a guy that scored 37 points in a road game in SEC play, I think you can probably establish yourself as, hey, I need the ball in my hands. Now, yep. the guy that goes one of 18 in an NCAA tournament game, yeah, you're probably not going to be the, the – if you're having a game like that, you'll be happy to have other people that can go score and do some things for you. And then at that point, you do just need to stand on the corner, and hopefully you'll start knocking some down. Our, our buddy Trevor Kelsey made a funny joke in a text thread yesterday. He was like, well, no wonder Antonio Reeves is so desperate for a better nil situation. That way, if he gets more money, maybe he can buy a shot in the tournament. Oh, that was a good one for Trevor was, Kelsey. Was, was, the bar is so low very, for that guy. Very low bar. He can pull vote over that bar. The, the only uh, bar that eh, he can pull vote I don't over. know. 
See, and that's to your point about Reeves, though, is like when you can be so hot and you can be so cold, like I just know that I, I'm not going to be the only one that I don't want to say is indifferent because like ideally I'd like to, I'd, I'd much rather have him on Kentucky's basketball team or not, but he's not going to be my favorite player, right? Like he's, he's, I don't think he's going to be anybody's favorite player. Um, and will that hurt his nil stuff? Maybe. Like that, that, that's where all of this gets. Um, like I, I just, I just know that people were already pretty angsty, pretty fed up, and then yesterday happened, and I can just, I can feel it cranked up a, a couple notches. If they don't get Antonio Reeves back, UK is not going to be a good basketball team next year. And I, I think if fans that are pessimistic about the how, how the season's going to go. It, we need to see what else they're going to do in the portal first. But, like, I, I, I could get it. I could get it. Yeah. Um, I think and, these freshmen are going to be really good, or at least most of them I think are going to be really good. It's just a different college basketball game than it was the last time that, like, Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox were dominating as freshmen and going back further. And I think the right freshmen, you saw in Brandon Miller this past season. You've seen it with Kentucky guys as well more as uh, as of late. Like, freshmen can dominate and still be some of the better players in college basketball. Can a team reliant on freshmen do that? I think it's a fair question. Got to have Antonio Reeves back or the, t- or the season's just not going to be fun. Um, and then I also think you probably still need to add another four, five, three. I don't really care. Just another another body. Another uh, another body that's good at basketball. Uh, the Jones fellow from St. John's, sure. The Creighton player. I'm down with him as well. Uh, either one of those additions. Then I'm ready to roll. I think that you're still going to have struggles throughout the season, but it'll be a team come March that I'll say, hey, let's hope talent can win six games in the tournament. Let's hope talent can win you four games and get you back to a Final Four in a tournament. But it, it, it's still, here we are on June 1st. Yeah. And, See, and we have no idea what this roster is really going to look like or that what this is, team's going to look like. Like we, when we get into the, I mean, we obviously talk all the details. We're going to address your concerns, questions, comments, whatever it may be on the Thornton's text on 502 1450. But at the crux of it all, it's June 1st, and you shouldn't, like, this is just not a position you should be in right now. It's just not. And it's wild to me that Cal Perry, the year that he does get his high school recruiting right, he can't figure out the portal. That when he's got the portal seemingly figured out, he can't get his high school recruiting. Um, there's an inefficiency right now that's happening in that Kentucky basketball office. Something's not right. The roster makeup, the roster construction, our biggest con- criticism of John Calipari's offseason a year ago, it's June 1st and it hasn't been addressed. Reed Shepard moved in yesterday. Like that's, what, what, what are we doing? The team should be almost set. You should maybe be adding one more person. And instead, um, we had a seemingly passive-aggressive line in John Calipari's farewell message to Oscar Sheboy. They should have made. That? They should have made you go. Yeah, that that we we could talk about that as well. Two hours isn't going to be enough today. They should have made the returning players do like a player tunnel for the newcomers coming to the dorms, and it's just oh, you got to do just like come on, walk on underneath us. Here we go. <laughs> Woo! Welcome to your new home. We're your teammates. All both of us. We can. 
it's just so it's so bad it's so bad and the only thing that I, I don't know if I should say the only thing that's saving his job because I, I don't know if that's necessarily true but like what if Cal didn't dominate this recruiting cycle Oh God! Then, then maybe you know, maybe you're more appealing for guys to come back. But he totally dropped the ball on this. Like, and and I refuse to believe. And this is something that needs to be said. And like, when you see this, when you see this narrative on Twitter, you need to push back on it a little bit. Like, I, this, I, this isn't an indictment on UK's nil situation. No, and everybody no. wants to say that because I think it's easy or convenient, but you don't get this freshman class unless you've got a pretty damn good nil setup, like a really good nil setup. Bradshaw, like they, they were the highest bidder for Bradshaw, for Edwards, for Dillingham, for Wagner. And that's crazy to say because Arkansas just couldn't get Ron Holland from the G League, which, by the way, classic KRC curse, very happy with that news. That was probably yeah, the best, good job. The best news that we, that we had yesterday was that like the SEC didn't get significantly better with Ron Holland going to, to Arkansas. But UK's nil situations, oh, it, it's good. I mean, it's really, really, really good. Now, were they spread out too thin financially with what they were kind of contributing to the freshmen? I don't know. With Oscar gone, though, shouldn't that be a, a bigger pool of money that some of your sponsors or donors or whatever you want to call them are looking to spend that you can throw that at Antonio Reeves, you can throw that at one more portal? The the whole nil stuff sometimes feels like a game of Candyland. You don't know what's real. You don't know what's what's fake. Um, it gets annoying. So I, I don't. The UK's nil situation's fine. Can it be better? I don't know. Maybe, but it's it's fine. And I did feel really good real, reading Jack's post over at KSR plus plus that he thinks ultimately Antonio Reeves will come back to UK because without him. I'm going to be singing a different tune for the next several months. And I, I don't want to do that, Roush. Right, right. And uh, I, I just wish that they had kind of gotten everything done yesterday. But apparently Cal Perry was down at spring meetings. So I can't imagine what that day was like with all of those coaches down there on <laughs> during spring meetings on draft withdrawal deadline day where you had some pretty big names that were still out there. So um, I can only imagine what – some of those conversations that Cal was having, like with his pal Rick Barnes, right? Barnes, he he got Josiah Jordan James back, but lost Julian Phillips. Um, and some both of those guys were top 25 overall recruits, and neither of them were really good at Tennessee at all. So um, indictment on Rick Barnes, maybe. Many people are wondering. Uh, they're going to they're gonna be pretty good next year, too. Uh, Kobe Brown, though, he ultimately decided he's going to uh, enter the NBA draft. So that big Blue Nation pipe dream out. Javon Quinterly, the co-six man of the year with Antonio Reeves. I don't know how he even was up for the award. He started in all but six games. So really, really dumb for that they gave him part of that. Uh, he's back. And then uh, Devontae Davis from Arkansas. And that's he's coming back as well. Um, so just, just if you're the more high-profile decisions that uh, that went down yesterday. Oh, and Zach Eady's back. And so I can't wait for him to suck next year. Come on. Well, President, Oscar Sheboy said it. So Eady's going to – well, no, Oscar, Eady's going to be fine, but Purdue's going to be worse. Oscar didn't stink, but yes. Um, all right, we need to take our first break. We're long overdue. We've talked about yesterday. It's not all rainbows and sunshine here on Kentucky Roll Call. And we need to talk about some other stuff that we learned yesterday that's not 
that I, I don't really even know directly how to bring it up, but we'll figure it out. This is Kentucky yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. My last chance, she's gone country. Look at them boots, she's gone country. Back to her roots, she's gone country. A new kind of suit, she's gone country. Here she comes. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. We got no food, we got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off! Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. You're having a great start to your morning this short week. We've got two more days. Well, I've only got one more. I will be out tomorrow. The flight is during the show, unfortunately. I'll be heading down to lovely, beautiful, scenic Houston, Texas. Uh, and uh, may, if there's, uh, I may be able to hop on Monday. I don't have a flight during it, but I still will be in Houston, um, but probably won't be on for the entire show if I hop on at, at all. Scoochie, I've got a problem with that. Uh, I was just actually sitting here thinking, sounds like me and Roush got a couple days off. <laughs> you guys will have to do more work than you've ever done having to carry the show without I me. Don't know if extra, I can handle that. Extra work. <laughs> extra, extra work, actually. Uh, no, you guys got that. Hell, we can just make no more Mondays a thing. Fine, fine with me. I'm oh, my gosh. Take mon- three-day weekends all summer. Nothing would make me happier. Man. Although that that is the one like bummer is that Mondays always feel like the most newsworthy days. So you're recapping, you're recapping three and a, or two and a half days, really three full days. So yeah, it should always be the biggest. I guess that means we just don't do the Friday shows. Oh, twist, e- twist either way, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but get your day started off right. Pop in a Thornton's donuts, coffee. 32-ounce drinks for 89 cents. You give them a buck, you get 32 ounces of liquid goodness out of Thornton's. Stop in today, and don't forget, if you are a Refresher and Rewards member, you'll save money each and every time you go to a pump. There's Thornton's all over Louisville. You should make it a habit to go there because the more you go, the more you use your Refresher and Rewards app. It's very easy. Before you pump, you put in your number, and then it automatically processes it. You get more money off the more you go to Thornton's. Right now, I'm at fi- off five cents a gallon, but if I keep going there, I'll get up to probably ten cents a gallon, which that's a big deal when it comes to per gallon of gasoline. So always good stuff going on at a Thornton's, and like we said, they're all over Southern Indiana, they're all over Louisville and the surrounding counties. Pop on in today, and don't forget they've got good lunch options as well. Text on into the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Uh, we we have texts about this on the Thornton's text line, but Roush, your 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 former ex boss Matt Jones tweeted out: learn some important things tonight about why UK basketball is where it is right now. We'll discuss in detail on KSR, which that of course goes ten to noon. They do uh, they put on an entertaining product. I don't know exactly what he's going to say, but I do find it interesting that he had kind of a state of the program tweet a day after I, which don't very often get inside information, and I'm not pretending this is necessarily, this is 
maybe more conjecture more than anything else. But it is funny that like the same day that I get some news or info, he's also going to have like point is, I think there's stuff spreading around Lexington. I think people are starting to talk and I think things are starting to leak is my overall sentiment. Cause I just found it interesting that like on, I was going to have like a similar, like, I don't think everything's okay. And I'm usually pretty optimistic and obviously just a ginormous UK fan, but I, I get the sense things are pretty bad in Lexington and it's it's really just a house of cards. Like a bad season this year, I don't think we know what a bad season is unless things go south with this team. I think there's a possibility with this group, with this team, with the coaching staff, that like if come December things are really bad, then January, February, and March may be some of the most brutal, terrible UK basketball we've ever seen in our lifetimes. And we saw it not in 21 season just a few years ago. Well, and here's the the – I don't think it would get to that bad a point, but my ultimate, I think, prediction for this year is that, because, yeah, uh, it's it's pretty clear. I mean, I, I mentioned, you know, we, we talked about Bisner being kind of the canary in the coal mine. Like, there, something's clearly not, something's clearly not clicking over there. It's not that, it's not humming. Business is not running like it should be. Uh or else we wouldn't be in this situation. My prediction on June 1st, 2023, is that this Kentucky basketball season, as you said, it will it will feature like what? One, maybe two. You'll have like a couple of big wins in early on in the season, but SEC play is going to be brutal. They probably aren't they aren't going to make it to Saturday in the SEC tournament. They'll be uh, seven, they'll be in the 710 game. But then they'll go on a run to the Elite Eight, and we're going to be in just like the worst possible situation ever because the it, it's just it's it's going to you know that nothing's going to actually be different, but having somewhat of a run is going to make you question: Is it time? Wait, actually, should does Cal still got this? When like in reality, it feels like the foundation is is beginning to crumble. Yeah, and people for a few years have suggested and hinted that like Cal's just kind of checked out, his heart's not into it as much as it used to be, and there's been, I don't know if there's been as much evidence as people think besides some just tough tournament losses, the ball really not going UK's way, but I think that there's as much evidence of that now as there's ever been, and just like look at the UK social media over the course of the last few months. Obviously, there's not big-time news. But, like, I guess I kind of get it. They, they can't, like, show player. They they, they tweeted, like, a Uganda Kingsley workout. But you can't show – you can't get fans excited about next season when you don't necessarily know which players you're going to have. Everything just seems sort of at a disconnect right now with yes. the U.K. basketball good, program. Good, good word. Good word right there. That's- and it, just, it seems like there's just not a lot of people there that – care about the program like they they care about their own individual success and they care maybe about their players and their kids but I like when you when you've got Beisner deciding to go that's somebody that really really cares about UK basketball and he is electing to go do something else which I still have no idea what he's going to do don't know if he's staying in in Lexington or the state or whatever's going on but like that that is like you're right 
was canary in the coal mine, I think is what you called it. And that's not mm-hmm. good. But it hasn't only been Beisner. Like, there's been other staff members that have come and gone, both I mean, uh, the assistants and both people in-house. It's been this revolving door, and it just doesn't seem like people are leaving happy. You know, it seems like a lot of these departures are like, I needed to get out. I mean, Ortelli, I think, the, the guy that went to Temple, I think he might have been the last day one guy that had been there for the entire Calipari era. And he left. And from what I've heard, it's just people. like, it's just, it, it's not, there's just not enough people in UK basketball that care about UK basketball, which is crazy to say. And I'm not saying there's like this sabotage. I'm not saying that Cal's not trying or anything like that. But you have your greatest recruiting class or in the conversation for your greatest recruiting class. I wish I could just say greatest because I hate having to add the caveat, but you all know what I'm talking about. It's a great class. And you went in to the last day of May not knowing what three players were going to do. And this is coming after you said at the end of the season, which we haven't heard you talk since then, unless you listened to Dan Patrick for a little buddy-buddy interview, and we got the John Fanta, John Fanta interview, excuse me. That, that was cool. But we haven't heard Don't you talk you want since the Fanta? then. Don't you want the, want the Fanta? But the last time we did hear you talk, you were saying, we're going to get the players back that we need back. Was that who? Who was that? Because you, you you clearly were once again wrong, misguided, fooled, potentially bamboozled is a fun word to say every now and then. Because you didn't you didn't know what was happening with these guys. And you kind of kicked the can around with Hunter Dickinson, then you went back to Oscar Shibway, and then he turned you down. Like it seemed it, it there's if this hasn't been totally and completely mishandled by UK basketball since the end of the season, I would need to hear how it wasn't. Because it, it certainly looks like everything was mishandled. So how could you go from having your best recruiting class and then just totally taking off? All you needed to do was surround these young players with a, a few, a, you know, four potentially good but experienced. Just You needed probably four players. And you got you cut in, you got to do. Maybe you get Reeves to make three. You're still going to need one more. Just everything has been botched, and you just wonder, like, where, where is, what is, what is everybody doing? What is everybody doing? It doesn't seem like things inside Lexington regarding the UK basketball program are, are great right now. You, you lost Lance, I mean, Lance Ware transferred to Villanova, you all. He's going to have, he's going to have a, a smaller role there than he would have had at UK. That's the, weird. Like that is a weird thing to have happen. And and that goes back to the the cult like I feel like there's just a lot of uh critiques that you've heard throughout um like the last couple of years and it it just feels like we're getting more evidence. Like the whole culture thing, like that's one of them. The the culture of retaining players. That Lance Ware leaving is, is one of those cuz really like I don't, I don't want to say I'd feel great about it if you added him to it, but like, yeah, you kind of just needed him to be another body this year and stick around and be a captain, but it, yet they couldn't do that. If Lance Ware knew of the status of the roster at this point, does he transfer? Who knows? I mean, who really knows? And I, I maybe UK doesn't even know. Because one, it wasn't like it was the day after the season ended and he was like, I'm out of here. I just I, I want to get closer to home for my final year. That's the weird thing. Like, if Lance Ware would have transferred even – 
to Providence to a certain extent. But if he would have transferred to a smaller school and it was like playing time driven, oh, okay, that makes sense. Last year he wants to do that. But no, he transfers to another blue blood. I would throw Villanova in that category. He transfers to another blue blood, which is a little closer to home, but for a probably a lesser role than he would have had at UK. It It, it doesn't make sense. You're losing players. You're losing coaches. You're losing support staff. There's not any positive momentum in the program. Nobody's talking. It, you know, Cal, pretty good salesman. Don't you? He's not doing media opportunities, but even if he did, you know, he could say some stuff that'd get people excited. He's electing and, and choosing not to do that. And, yeah. and maybe, you know, maybe he is scared of what questions could be asked if he did talk, but he does a good job usually calming people down. He's not even electing to do that right now. It's like, who is home at the University of Kentucky yeah. running the basketball program right now? And who's, who's, you need everyone pulling on the same rope, and it feels like they're just, grabbing strands and prying it apart and just kind of everybody's doing their own thing. I don't, I don't know. Like there's not a, a, a forward. Like we, we just don't know. We don't know. We're in the dark and it, things feel pretty dark right now at the Kentucky basketball program. Can it be salvaged? Yeah, it certainly yeah. can because yeah, those it, guys are talented enough. If you get Reeves I, I, quickly, best case scenario before we go to break, I think is Reeves comes back. Arthur Kaluma from Creighton could be a nice Chris Livingston replacement. And then what? One, 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 a big that would be not so good. Yeah. I, I, maybe just like another big or another wing, like a player that you're not expecting to really get a ton. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Reeves, you get the Arthur Kaluma fellow from Creighton. I, I like David Jones from St. John's as well. He also yeah, played at the ball. If you get Reeves and then just one of those two other guys, like what what fixes all this is winning. And even if you could go to Canada in just six weeks and like you know, winning or not winning, I don't care. I mean, I do care. But like if you just look electric, like if you've got a little bit of that UK versus Arizona State and the Bahamas with Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, and that was a winning effort for what it was worth, a dominating winning effort. But like if you've got just a little bit of flash to your game and you play with a little bit of style and you play up tempo, this Canada trip is going to be colossal. It really is. For meaningless exhibition games, there's never been more meaningful, meaningless <laughs> exhibition games in the history of UK basketball. Yeah. Because if they go out there and it looks sloppy, it will not be fair to just like be like, oh boy, this is going to be a long season. Because these guys haven't played together. They just graduated high school the the large and part of them like if they go out there and they don't look great that that wouldn't be all that unusual really it wouldn't be what we wanted obviously but it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world given where things are right now though if they go out there and they don't look good until the start of the season the, it, it's going to be pessimistic it's not going to be good but this Canada trip's a big opportunity where this offseason's been miserable Hopefully you can well, finish strong with Reeves and add one more piece. And then if you can go to Canada and show some life, show some flash, show that this team may have what it takes to do something special, that can be the great equalizer for Calipari, for how much he's dropped the ball this offseason. This Canada trip could be absolutely huge in terms of buying him some goodwill and letting things calm down for a few months as it heads into what I will imagine will be his final season 
at UK. But this Canada uh, trip, it ain't just a fun trip north of the border, folks. I, I would argue too that it's not even going to. After last year, it's it's it, Canada can't even save them because they looked pretty good in the Bahamas, and how much of that translated over to the season? Totally true, and that's fair. And you're going to get a lot of people with that sentiment, and you, you, I'm not going to be able to really push back on it in a major way because it's an opinion. But they will be playing significantly better teams in Canada this year than the Bahamas. I don't think anybody was overly fooled by the level of play in the Bahamas. But that's a fair point. Like, even, even then, but I just think if they can go out there and dominate, if Rob Dillingham can do some of the fancy dribbles and just throwing up threes that go in, if you can just see signs of life from the program, then I think some people will say, like, okay, this can get me to the fall. And then, boom, once we get there, let's just see how it goes. Once the season gets here, we'll see how it rolls. But uh, you're right. There's going to be people with that sentiment. We've got so much more to get to on today's show. There's Aaron Bradshaw scuttlebutt again that we'll need to bring up. We've got an absolutely jam-packed Thornton's text line. But it's uh, it's an interesting time around Lexington regarding U.K. basketball, and not for all the right reasons. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call comes up next. They'll be nice to you. She said, Here's your one chance, Fancy. Don't let me down. Here's your one chance, Fancy. Don't let me down. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Not the most fun KRC we've done, but time is flying. It's just uh, we want UK to be dominant in each and every sport. And the one that has the most positive tradition is the one that maybe has the most cracks in the foundation, which is not something that we would have all predicted just uh, five years ago, maybe not even necessarily three years ago. So we got to talk about it. We'll continue to talk about it. We'll read the Thornton's text line about it and we'll tell you about Salsaritas. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown, it's out Shelbyville Road close to the Gene. They've got so many great food options out there, but Salsaritas is clearly number one. It's got a drive-through. You can get nice big juicy burrito. You can get a quesadilla that has the cheese that will like after you take a bite, it's gonna drip under your chin a little bit. If you've got a beard, it's gonna get in it. And they've got hot queso, speaking of getting that in your beard. Guacamole is great there. Wildly addictive chips. They've also got a location in St. Matthews, right off Hubbard's by the railroad track that uh, has a nice covered patio. You can eat outside, enjoy this beautiful weather without getting pounded by the sun. Download the Salsaritas app and keep them in mind for graduation season, Father's Day, a lot of stuff going on, even 4th of July. They're catering. No party too big, no party too small for Salsaritas. You can do it all at the touch of your fingertips on the app. We love Salsaritas because it's delicious and everybody there is friendly. What more could you need? I've never been to the St. Matthews location. How close is that to the mall? Uh, It's Uh, like probably a 10-minute drive. Gotcha, okay. 
with, with a ton, ton of stoplights, always traffic. So if you had just a straight shot, if you were driving it at like three in the morning, you could probably get there in five minutes. But with traffic, <laughs> probably ten. Okay. Why do you ask? I was just curious. Did y'all see what happened to Mall St. Matthews yesterday? Yes, there was a shooting. Yeah, that's. I was just asking. Just wondering. Yeah. I was wondering if maybe if I was at lunch at Salsaritas, if I would have heard all that commotion go down, but it doesn't sound like nope. I would have. St. Matthews is big, and similar to people in the South End, it probably actually extends further than it actually is, but St. Matthews is large. Yep. Very large. Um, you know who right. else is very large, TJ Walker? Well, I've got a question for you, unrelated to sports, but who else is very large? Aaron Bradshaw. Yeah, okay. Well, let's just get into it then. <laughs> Your question was more fun though, wasn't it? Yeah, I was just asking if you have you seen the new I think you should leave yet? No, not yet because I'm trying this thing called exercise, so it kind of messed with my plans for potentially watching it last night. Man. I was I, I was trying that out instead of getting I think you should leave in. And I don't I don't I know some people can watch TV while they do that. But I feel like it would it would make me laugh too much to be able to like actually exercise. I've been since I can't uh, clip in for the cats because the season's over. Although not baseball season, although we'll be out of town this weekend, which is so frustrating. Just from uh, not being able to go to UK NCAA tournament baseball games, but they're going to win and host a super regional. I'll make it to those. But I, I've been doing PBS documentaries during the Pelotron. It's really kind of uh -huh. nice. Uh, just absolutely ran through the Civil War, I guess, peddled through, and then did Ben Franklin. PBS Ben Franklin was awesome. The and now I'm I'm rewatching the Muhammad Ali, which I've already seen, but doing a second watch, you always learn something when you're watching like seven hour documentaries. So I suggest uh, the Roosevelt one. It's very good. Ooh, a okay. Lot of history because they go from uh, Teddy and uh, FDR and Eleanor. Uh, the, how they're all kind of intertwined in there. I'm totally down. I'll, I'll, I'll make that one next. They, they've, was, got, uh, they've got the, so many options. That that was how I did the early baby phases with uh, Duke, like during COVID. That was my first watch. So it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, but yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for I Think You Should Leave. We're going to start on that and then finish Ted Lasso at some point this weekend. So that's kind of on the docket. And we got the NBA Finals tonight. Man, I was on I was on my Netflix yesterday and I saw that I think you should leave us out and oh it was so cringeworthy. I just uh just that show just gives me the heebie-jeebies. I I can't believe how much you like it. <laughs> that I mean that's like Scoots, I, I think you just don't really kind of get it. That's part of the point to it. Like, Maybe that's, yeah. that's the humor. It just in it. yeah, it just makes me so uncomfortable. I don't I don't enjoy that type of humor. Oh. All right, Rash. Two, I've only watched two episodes of this season. I'll probably watch more while we're traveling over the next few days. But I, I, I've easily had my most like burst out laughing for and I ever for I think you should leave skit in, uh. in its three season history. I just three to look out for, and for the listeners that have seen it out there without giving any spoilers, there's a a, a bachelor spoof. I have that one at number two, uh, in a, about about zip lines. Number three, egg game in episode two. That one was just hilarious. But number one funniest for me, and I have never laughed harder for an I Think You Should Leave skit, was the Doggy Door skit in episode two. 
So Roush, you've got some some you've got some good good episodes to look forward to just in the first two. I've absolutely loved it. The second episode was better than the first. Uh, it's a boy. They're they're hilarious. I'm looking but, forward but to it, it. As Scoots mentioned, it is not for everybody. Folks. No, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a yeah. different kind of humor. It's it, it does. It's kind of like it, it borders on making people uncomfortable for the humor. Um, but you know, some people love it. Some people don't. But the the nice thing about it is each skit's only like three minutes, four yeah, minutes, maybe. It's quick, so if you don't like it, the next one might do it for you. You know. Although if you don't, if, although if you find yourself not liking several of them, then you probably just don't really. That type of humor isn't necessarily for you. Like Trevor hated it. I think he watched it and like absolutely despised it. I'm in that boat and, too. Yeah, like again, you know, there's there's different types of humors. Trevor's a more of like he, you know, he wants his fart jokes delivered on a platter. If there's a low hanging fruit, he's going to take it. It's not necessarily uh, humor. I think you should leave as maybe more of a sophisticated humor, right, Roush? For for people with maybe bigger brains. <laughs> Suck it, pal. <laughs> hey I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it it is it's certainly a humor not for everybody. Um, I'm. There are very smart people that that uh, that hate it, and we've got one as our producer, Scooter Dingus. Did wow. you see that twist coming? Well, I did not. Hey, by the way, uh, we've rubbed off on John Spears. He ended his show yesterday by giving me a suck it, Scooter, and then we get off air, and he was like, "I just wanted to say suck it, Scooter." <laughs> <laughs> Man, a lot of baseball talk yesterday. On yeah, I, yeah, when I'm hearing Arizona Diamondbacks talk, I'm just like, what? What, what are we? What are we doing? Oh, they have a they have a buddy whose son, a good friend of theirs, son plays for the Diamondbacks. That's why. Still, the Diamondbacks. But they talk about every team. They do. Yeah. When yeah. Tony's on, a lot of baseball for sure. But they do a good job. They don't. And by the way, congrats to the Reds. On beating the Red Sox, super embarrassing stuff from Boston Red Sox. Didn't you suck it? I didn't have high expectations for the Red Sox this year. Uh, They've actually been better than I expected. They're still solid, um, but they're kind of going through a a rough stretch right now. But congrats to the Reds. It it does, like it does. It makes me happy seeing so many Reds fans excited about a team that's in third place. Or did they move up to second yesterday? I know they were in third yesterday, but. And then the bats are just dominating as well. All I know is the Dude. Reds are seventeen to one to make the playoffs. If you if you want to throw a little change, yeah, that's I don't think that's good. They're not going to make the playoffs. Eh. But I did tell you that my dad bet uh, a lot of money. I was surprised by the amount of money. Yeah, he, put he on did. I forgot on the Reds over sixty five and a half before this little winning streak. They were only three games over pace on that. But now I imagine that's they've won five straight, so I imagine that's probably changed where they're in a more comfortable setting. But I thought they were like much further ahead of pace because they, you Reds fans, weren't completely and totally insufferable. But uh, only a couple games ahead of pace. But now I imagine after adding five games straight, they're 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 in a much better position. But congrats to them and baseball in this region. Uh, we got the Batcats tomorrow at noon. You all are going to talk more about that tomorrow. If you all wanted to have a baseball guest on, you could do that. You certainly don't have to, obviously. I, I've read up on it, so I feel like I could at least kind of BS my way through talking about the regional in Lexington. 
Um, I'm sick of hearing everybody talk about the rooming situation. <laughs> oh, I got to stay in nice dorm rooms right directly across Dude, from the baseball. I stay in worse places now as an adult, okay? Like, it is – you can say it's an indictment on me or whatever the hell you – but, like, it's – the dorms are fine. Um, I think – I saw some people that UK said they were going to give them TVs and a couple rooms didn't have TVs, So they were mad about it, but like that, those dorms have more space than some hotels I stay in. It, it just, yeah. Yeah. The UK did nothing wrong at the, the perfectly fine accommodations. They were also setting people up in Louisville if they wanted to, which I, I did find it was weird that like West Virginia, which Louisville's way out of the way decided to stay in Louisville but Ball State and IU, where Louisville is literally on the way, decided to stay at the dorms. Uh, I didn't see that. Uh, I saw a West Virginia strength coach tweeting pictures from the dorms last night. So well, maybe maybe right. maybe he's staying there. But I had heard that they had elected for the team to stay in Louisville. But maybe, either way, maybe, maybe I'm just I just think it's so silly. Like, you how, how much time are you spending in that that dorm room versus just at the ballpark? Yeah, and like, what do you like? What are you going to be doing in a hotel room that you wouldn't be doing in that dorm room? But this is the college baseball. We have it's the postseason baseball. How how is this the NCAA tournament? It's like because you just said it. It's college baseball, all right. Like I, I'm, I know that it's a big deal to make the NCAA tournament, but, but good oh, lord, like you oh expected like, the Ritz Carlton. Like it's not like you. The expectation when you go on a bowl trip is like just you're at the resort for two weeks because that's what it is for a bowl trip for postseason baseball. That's not it. It's a quick tournament where you're spending most of your time at the ballpark over three days if you advance. That's uh, how it works. There, there's like 12 of you on scholarship anyways. Well, yeah. <laughs> you should be happy that you're not having to pay for these dorms out of your own pocket. Seriously, it's, it's I know the schools silly. actually are, but uh, the play, you know, I'm, I doubt they're going to the players being like 92.50, pal. Pony up here. Uh, people need to get over it. But point being, a lot of good baseball in this in the area. Cincinnati Reds, the Bats, IU obviously made it to the Lexington Regional, the Batcats, but not old Dan McDonald had a farm, and on that farm there was no postseason play. Nope. U of L can suck it. I uh, I did want to bring up something that was cool from the Reds Red Sox game last night. The first base coach for the Reds, Colin Calgill, pitching for the Red Sox, James Paxson. Behind the plate for the Reds, Luke Malley, all former UK baseball players. Pretty neat. That is cool. I saw that tweet yesterday. I'd, I'd actually noted to bring it up. And uh, good. Good good for baseball. Go Batcats. By the way, I think West Virginia is their biggest threat in that regional after doing some some reading. IU not seems like not total, Indiana. I, IU seems like total frauds. Yeah, garbage. Can't believe anybody would ever support that team. Who, 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 who's yours? West Virginia. Uh, so Aaron a, Bradshaw. We've West got, Virginia uh, had, a, had a season similar to UK. They were not predicted to do much. And then they ended up going into their conference and doing really, really well and surprising a lot of people. They're a pretty good team. Um, IU's got a really good freshman, I think, but he's the only player that seems like you really got to worry about there. And then Ball State's a, a tricky little squad. Uh, they've, I don't think any team in like college baseball has been better in the ninth inning in terms of run differential than Ball State. So that's going to be something to, to keep an eye on. you got to make sure you're in a comfortable position to close those guys out because they are used to scoring late in game. So, boom, there's your baseball regional analysis. Aaron Bradshaw, his foot. What's the latest, Roush? 
Apparently he sprained his ankle, but um, I just thought it was funny that Goodman, last night they had their field of 68, a little after dark. Here's everything that's happening for Kentucky. And um, of course, Goodman sounded all the alarms, worried about Kentucky, really hamming it up. And also wanted to mention that there's injury concerns about a foot. Is that, is, uh, is, is everything, what's going on there? Which very amusing that he brought it up a week after he participated at Clutch Pro Day. Like, almost to the day. Was a full participant. Um, he sprained his ankle a month ago. Um, was fine enough to go back then. Should be fine enough um, to play at UK. But I just, I, I do think there is something to, like, I'm just going to be uh, I, keeping my head on a swivel for Clutch stuff. Just I just don't don't trust him. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway is that the the seeds almost feel like they've been planted of things need to go the way we want for our guy or yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. You didn't have any in-season issues with Chris Livingston unless you're to be believed that they demanded he only play the 3, which I, we, we wanted to see more of him at the four early on in the season, but they ended up meshing pretty well with Toppin being the four. He started playing a lot better. Oscar obviously was always going to be your five. And Livingston started to do some nice things at the three. But earlier in the season, we were calling for some different stuff. Maybe that's the only impact they had on Livingston during the season. So hopefully that will apply with Bradshaw. But hey, folks, I'm right there with you. Everybody else that's like, oh, damn it. Here, here we go again. This is gonna be this is gonna be a lingering problem, isn't it? And by the way, I, I heard heard Jack say that Livingston, he was most sure that he wasn't he was gonna be the one not to come back, which I feel like most people were in that ballpark. But he provided good rationale and reasoning for it, or good, but at least from what he was hearing. So it's it is doing a good job on his part. Was that Livingston's camp wasn't happy with how he was used at UK? Shut the hell up. Shut the you, hell up. You, you dictated how he was used at UK. Yeah, you did. And it, you know what? You may have actually been onto something. By the end of the year, you had a, a little something going. I still think Chris Livingston at a four in college basketball would be mm, a chef's kiss for a recipe for a really, really dominant team. But Toppin was playing consistent, and he's playing hard. So you needed him, you needed him out there on the floor as well. I, I think at the end of the season, Cal just played his best players. And that's what I think a lot of us wanted throughout the year. Um, but it ended up being those five kind of meshed into UK's best five. And if Reeves just has a better game and, you know, throw Toppin in there as well. If Livingston hits that three, ah, still see just toilet bowl and rimming out. And then they came down on the other end and hit a three. Ah, I'm, I'm, I digress. But stop, stop. Livingston had a, the only reason Livingston isn't being a lottery pick or a first-round guarantee is because of Chris Livingston. It ain't because of John Calipari. It's not because of UK. It was not because of how he was used or not used. He had every opportunity and more playing time than he probably deserved throughout the course of the season to showcase what he's got. I think Jack's exact phrasing on sources says was that he wasn't given the freedom to play himself. Shut up. Like, again, not you, Jack, of course. But, like, shut up. 
That is so baloney. He had every opportunity to do whatever he wanted. If he wanted to shoot threes, he could shoot threes. If he wanted to take on the floor and dunk on some people, which we saw a few times, he could do that. Why could he do it in some capacity, but not throughout the course of the entire game or the season, especially later in the season? He could have, but he couldn't because he wasn't good enough to do it. I wish him the best. Again, I said it in hour one. I think that's a really, there's a really good basketball player somewhere in there just waiting to emerge probably going to be in the G League now, unfortunately, but he'll be in the NBA at some point. He'll make it. Um, but he he is getting just horrible advice if all that is yeah. to be believed. He, it, it'll, it's, it'll do enough in the short term to get him paid, but I don't know how it's going to work in the long term for him. But best of luck to him. I think there's a lot of – there's a high ceiling there, but the the clutch, clutch is going to be – a a problem and you know we'll get into it on the thornton's text line i know there's some people with their gripes about nil and whatnot and uh adding more agencies and actors into this certainly isn't helping the case um which just reminds me like eli drinkwitz you said what you said don't blame the media for misconstruing what you said like i get it but you were the one who sounded like an idiot so don't yeah, blame the I, media for taking it out of context because you still sound bad in context. Yeah, it was better in context, but you still like if he hadn't thrown in the saving lives bit, it, that probably is where he got he he was. Yeah, stuck. don't. But but like it's because that that emphasized an importance where his overall point was just like it's a ton of money and like. I hope they're able to handle it and manage it and like be it. able to be smart with it. But when you throw in that bit, you, you are opening yourself up to, to people being like, hold on a second here. I just, I just think it's funny that it's like, you mean they, they tweeted out my one sentence that I said that is going to get people fired up. It's like, yeah, that's how this thing works, dude. You get paid $6 million a year to not like, it just frustrates me because he uses the media as a tool and when it doesn't go his way, it's their fault, not his. Like, dude, you knew exactly what you were doing. He came up with that whole 13 colonies bit. Like, give me a freaking break, Eli. God. By the way, happy birthday to John Hale and Jeff Drummond. What an awesome birthday. If I wasn't born on March 11th, the day that nothing really bad in the United States has ever happened, it's then... The whole world shuddering. Ju- no, that wasn't. That was, I think, March mm. 10th or March 12th, but... Uh, April or June 1st would be a, a great birthday to have. Share it with Kentucky. Wouldn't that be nice? Ah, it'd be real nice, Clark. Real nice. Happy birthday to those guys. Uh, Texer on the Thornton's text on says, losing what little bit of faith I had left in Cal, putting a lot of stock in these freshmen, and we know they were going to struggle early on. And then looking to the year after, total roster overhaul is our recruiting the next year looking good have to get Reeves back. It's looking solid. They don't have like commitments yeah, stacked I mean, up or anything like that, but they but seem, it's to, be, early. They seem to be in a solid spot with some of the biggest names and best names, which is good to hear. But are, are, are we really going to – like that's that's just – I can't, I can't do that. I can't. I mean, yeah. I, I can, but like this transfer portal was a gift from the heavens for programs like UK – and so far, so good. But the one year that you decide to take off is the year where you actually have a great class to come in and mix it together. And that's not just happenstance. Like, obviously, people are scared by these freshmen, which is really embarrassing to some of these people. But some of these people are scared of these freshmen. 
the freshmen weren't scared of you all. These 17 kids, 17 year old kids, when they committed to Kentucky, they weren't scared of some of these returning players. They knew that UK was probably going to be bringing in some players in the transfer portal. They still committed to UK, but you all are the ones that are ducking. Regardless, though, it still falls back on the head coach. Like, I, I get that UK has got a lot of people coming in that are expecting a bunch of minutes. It still falls on the head coach to convince other players, get enough money. But the transfer portal in nil was a gift for Kentucky. And you can't help but feel like they just squandered it this year so far. Again, and I've said it a week ago, said it two weeks ago, I can still say it now, although time is running out, there still is time. Get Reeves back. Make that announcement. Just get some freaking good news in the basketball program. How is this so hard for you all to do? You get paid $9 million to make people happy with a stupid sport, and you failed to do that. Do it. Figure out a way. Have Reeves come back. Make the announcement. People will get excited for a second. God forbid we have any good news in the basketball program. A texter Mm -hmm. says, do you all know what Matt Jones is tweeting about? He's saying he knows why the basketball program is where – he knows why it is where it's at and is going to tell all on a show tomorrow. Well, he's also an entertainer, and he's – you know, he's going to – That's a good tease. It is a good tease. And And we we alluded to it early on. Like, it's probably just a disconnect between the staff – everybody in that Joe Craft Center. And, like, I like Cal. I talk about all the good deeds that he does at UK – but at some point, you you do need to like, you you do need to look in the mirror. And if you're losing staff, if you're not retaining players that seemingly are being retained, that level of players being retained all throughout college basketball, you uh, are not you know you're losing assistants as well. You you got a beef with your athletic director. You've got a beef with your football coach. Like at what point? Are, you know, even if it's not your fault, is it maybe your fault? Like, is it maybe your fault that seemingly there's so many fractures? It, I, it's no surprise that Matt Jones and John Calipari have a major beef. And, you know, like, who's who's to be blamed? At some point, does it matter? Like, maybe you just need yeah. to play the role of, like, not my way or the highway anymore. Maybe you need to do every now and then a little ass-kissing because that's how the game gets played from time to time. You need to do a little schmoozing. I mean, you didn't even play in the PK-80, dude. Like, that's Nike has been so good to you, but because you don't want to play games in consecutive days in November, you turn that down, which I can't imagine helped the relationships between UK and Nike. Maybe they're worried about the dorms. Were they going to have to stay in dorms or something? Like, it's all just... You got to look in the, the mirror at some ambulance. point and be like, it, it's, it's, it's on, it's on you. Even if, even if every one of those things like aren't specifically your fault, like I do think the football team overreacted, but still you find yourself with all these situations at some point, dude, play the game. Can I, can I say another thing too, that was just really a bad luck yesterday was when Keith Farmer was tweeting, like, I don't think UK expects any of these guys back today. Keith. Great guy, personally. But no, he's, that- BB in, he's BB in tonight. Like, he is the official mouthpiece of UK. And, like, that, I mean, that that is wild that that's happening right now. I no. literally I literally said when I saw that Keith Farmer tweet, I was like, oh, bleep. That means it's <laughs> official. Like, it means yeah. it's official that, like, this worst-case scenario has actually happened. Although I did initially misread it that, like, Reeves, as in, like, Reeves was gone, like, not coming back to UK. But he did word it that, like, Today, they don't expect a decision of players coming back to Kentucky. 
But once Keith said it, it was like, oh, man, that is, that's official. That's coming from UK that, like, that's the, the yeah. worst case scenario came to, uh, mm-hmm. to fruition. I was wrong about Oscar. I did think ultimately he was going to come back, although the scuttlebutt was leaning towards him going. I just thought he was going to do some, like, 11th hour, he got a message from a higher power that he was actually supposed to stay in Lexington. And I was really hoping that was going to be the case. Would have liked that guy, that guy coming back for another season. But favorite Oscar Shibway game before we go to a commercial break? True. Uh, uh, I'm going to remember 37 and 24, at, like just the numbers the most. But, man, I don't, I don't really – the the Western Kentucky, the initial rebounding one where it just went nuts and you kind of looked up and you're like, oh my God, is he, he already has 20 something and is he, is he going to do this? So maybe it has to be that original uh, night that he broke Shaq's rebounding record. Yeah. I, I, numbers aren't always like the biggest and best when it comes to basketball, although it is generally what gets talked about the most, but that Georgia game, it, that was that was unlike anything I've seen, and that's including the Meeks 54-point game. Uh, he was unstoppable. They had no answer for him. And then it was just like anytime there was a missed shot, whether on offense or defense, you just saw it, the ball go to that guy's hands. It, that was incredible. And it was kind of like a too-close-for-comfort game against a not-good Georgia team. And then they eventually just wore like they just wore down because they Oscar just completely annihilated them. And that was right in the stretch of when A and M like doubled him and made life really tough on him and was super physical and just fouled the ever loving you know what out of him. And then he he just in that same stretch of games has 30, 37 and twenty four, uh, remarkable. And then the Western game also kind of stood out. And unfortunately, I'll always remember his effort and his contributions in the tournament. To, yeah, to, to yeah. little results. Calipari's tweet was, I don't think, um, coincidental. I think he was, if you read the tone of the tweet, I don't oh, think he's yeah. thrilled that he's leaving. But, oh well, dude, you had a national player of the year and you won in two seasons, you won one tournament game with him. Partially, the, uh, he wasn't the best defender in the world, but you look at his numbers in those games and you think like, oh, he probably wasn't the issue. Yep. Uh, uh, I would agree. Um, I, of all of the hilarious things I saw online yesterday, um, you mentioned uh, Jody Meeks. Somebody compared uh, Antonio Reeves to Jody Meeks online. It's like, gosh, what a, what a hilarious joke. What's wrong, what's wrong with that comparison? I mean, I would take Jody Meeks 700,000 times over Antonio Reeves. Seven, yeah. 700 million. I don't – like, yes, Reeves – has uh, an ability to go off like Meeks, but Meeks's physicality, his ability to create his own shot, like just night and day. Me, I, I, if I was drafting players, I would have taken Meeks seven more rounds ahead of Antonio Reeves. I just don't even. I don't even think they're in the same breath as one another. Maybe that's a hot take because Reeves got thirty-seven. And that's you know one of the better scoring performances we've seen in a long time. But I just I I I laughed at that. I got a really good chuckle out of that. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, you got to remember Jody Meeks just scoring bonanza was on a pretty bad UK team. Yeah, and you would you could also say that like the team that well his scoring bonanza was for multiple bad UK teams. Well, he only had he only. He only had one year averaging over 10 points per game. 
Now that year was his last year, and he averaged twenty three, which is crazy. I mean, that's a that's that's an awesome amount. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it is an awesome amount. Um, Reeves averaged fourteen on a team that had the returning national that's- player of the year, a lottery pick in Case and Wallace, and then you know other players that were going to to require the ball here and there. I, I, Meeks is better, but I don't right. think I, I don't think it's like a crazy comparison. Uh, and maybe some of it too is just romanticizing, like the good. You know, you you romanticize the past a little bit, but still, well, I just I thought that was hilarious. Reeves had more individual team success as well than than Meeks did too. So, uh, and, and there's the the what if factor with Meeks. Um, whereas like Reeves, I, I don't know. I feel like we know exactly what Reeves is. So. He, I, I don't see what he was a year ago. I think he would be the same thing if he does end up returning to Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Well, hopefully we can find out. Uh, we Cats need that guy back. We need another commercial break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the Thornton's text line the best that we can. This is Kentucky Roll Call on oh, Big Exports Radio. Okay. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Gates. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. I don't work within the exact boundaries of the law because I wasn't consulted when the laws were made. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. The sun now sets after 9 p.m., Every day in Louisville, Kentucky until July 25th. So there you have it, in case you were wondering. I want to tell you about our friends at Shady Rays. With the sun being out longer, you're going to need your shades. Polarized sunglasses. Go to ShadyRays.com. They have sunglasses for any and every occasion. Fishing, running, hiking, biking, golf, just going to the beach, or you just need some everyday sunglasses. Great price. And you you buy with a little bit of certainty that your product, if something happens to it, you're going to get it right back with their replacement payer promise and also their 30-day money-back guarantee. Do not forget to use promo code BIGX at checkout. Helps Kentucky Roll Call and Big X Sports Radio when you do that. And great for gifts. If you got a wedding coming up, perfect gift for the groomsmen. Just give everybody Shady Rays. Why not? Father's Day gift, not sure what to get. Get a nice pair of Shady Rays. That suffices, and you'll save 20, 25% when you use the promo code Big X. We got a lot of text to get to, so let's do it. And NBA Finals tonight, too. People forget that. Maybe we'll make a prediction at the end of the show if we remember. Also, is it true that Oscar was wanting upwards of 8 mil to return to UK? Says one texter. That was the scuttlebutt. 8 mil? That's what Jack Pilgrim said, supposedly. What did he get last year? Do we know? Some people said four mil. Okay. The numbers, who knows? They're all probably they're all probably fudged a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's more about that, so we'll get to it. 
a little bit later on in the text line. Salt Lake Brian here. The world might be ending when I'm more optimistic about the red legs than UK basketball. Hey, there's still time for UK basketball. It seems like a lot has to change, unfortunately, but you just get enough, you get the right players in there and then maybe winning takes takes care of everything. Maybe that re-motivates everybody. Who who's to say? At the end of the day, I think our roster will simply come down to whether or not Cal and UK can promise players nil money. Yeah, I, I feel like that whole thing is maybe being a little overblown, the promises, the not promises. They just they don't really take two demands. But it's not like they don't throw financial figures at these players and say like, hey, here's what so-and-so made. This is we think that you're going to make in that ballpark. It's just when they come in with demands that we need, like you're going to get us X amount of money, UK says, well, hold the phone. You know, we, we could, we probably will. But, you know, it, what happens if we end up not doing that? Are, are you going to sue us or, or are we going to have a bad relationship because of it? Um, so there, I think that's being overblown a little bit. I think it also, um, I, I, on the other hand, think that this might be the year like it was one thing when you did it with Baylor Shireman a year ago, and it was kind of the first off season with the agents looking for written demands. Uh, and I, I agree with you demands, but maybe, maybe this year is where you're like, all right, maybe we just got to play ball. This is the way that we got to do. Like let's, let's give some guarantees and then say that you can make more than whatever, like here's your baseline with the room to make more sort of deal. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that sentiment. And I ultimately think UK does do this for what it's worth. I mean, do you think all these freshmen that came in like just were like, well, gee golly, I hope I make this amount of money? Like, no, they were, you know, they they had they were agreeing to some sort of financial compensation when they signed up with UK. But it's supply and demand. Like, if you felt like you were going to be good enough without Baylor Shireman that you didn't want to play the game with him, that's all right. That's a decision that you make. Now you need to play the game. Like you're you're a little bit desperate. Play the game. Play the game with Antonio Reeves. If he wants a number, then give it to him. Like you you do. Now in some years, if you're loaded, then you don't need to. This year is not that year. Um, so you you do. I, I wish so badly they could have just gone all in on Hunter Dickinson and, and seen what had happened, but they just kind of tapped tap danced around that whole thing, which, which is a bummer. Yeah, maybe maybe giving that baseline deal would have made the difference. We don't know, but like that, this could be the lesson moving forward. Um, that you've got to kind of change your ways ever so slightly. Um, because I, like you said, at the end of the day, the nil money is there. It's just the process in which they go about it, I think might be different. And um, another texture says, at this rate, Cal should probably just go to the JC to get some players. Um, you know, there, there might be some dogs out there. Never one- know. One added point is I know there's some people listening and they were like, well, if they got Hunter Dickinson, Bradshaw threatened to leave. I don't buy it first and foremost. And secondly, then then maybe it would have been best if he had left. If they're going to be making demands like that left and right and doing this or that, maybe it just would have been better for everybody involved. If, if, if adding in Hunter Dickinson, which would have only helped Bradshaw, would have forced him out, then, then maybe you would have just said, all right, so be it. Now we'll go get Arthur from – from Creighton, uh, you can get Jones from St. John's, fine, whatever. 
But uh, I know some people are probably wondering about that. I truthfully just feel like Cal is just trying to get bought out at this point. Can't retain his current players, has no clue when they're announcing or what they're even doing, runs off staff members, hasn't even spent a lick of time talking to the media or the fan base, not to mention he still needs to find an assistant and doesn't have enough players to even have a practice. It's almost like you have to try and be this big of a joke. There's, there's some truth to that. Like there's a there's truth to that, and I think that text kind of does summarize just some of the issues since the end of the season on a season that really needed to be good that did not deliver. Unfortunately, there's a lot of truth to that, and I don't think he's trying to get bought out. That's the point of the text I disagree with, but like I was, I, I do think that he's just. I, I think he got to a point in his career where it was like, "Hey, dude, you you've had people doubt you your entire career." And you've always proven them wrong. You've got this competitive spirit that just doesn't die out. And I think that's gone away. And I think instead he's just like, yeah, you've always had haters, but look how much money I have. Look look at how successful I am. Look at the people that I have dinners with and that I do this with. Like, I've made it. I've done my job. If people want to hate me, then so be it. But I've, I've shown I'm a Hall of Famer. And I do. I think he's just kind of got complacent. It's hard to argue otherwise with the way this offseason has gone. Mm-hmm. And then once he got that recruiting class, I was like, he's back, baby. We're ready to roll. And then he just kind of squandered it, unfortunately. Or has. Eh, not over. Plenty of time. Got to remind myself even from time to time. Plenty of time. Well, there's time. Not plenty of it, but there's time. Uh You just need (laughs) commitments. Hey, you could get commitments tomorrow. It'd be plenty of time. You could get them in 10 10 days. Maybe it's plenty of time. We don't know exactly how much time. Just once those other guys maybe start committing somewhere else, then you – there's still options available. And as long as they are available, there's still time. There we go. The disorganization currently with Kentucky basketball is something you would never even see at another Division One program. The nil transition is an excuse. It's incompetent. It's simply ridiculous. Get with it or get left behind, which is what we are finding relative which we are finding out very quickly. I disagree because I just think you don't keep up with the other organizations that are disorganized. Like anytime you start comparing and saying nobody else is like this, no, I, I think I think most schools have some sort of something like this happening, uh, but you just don't pay close enough attention to them. Again, you don't get that great freshman class without being, you know, having some nil ducks in a row, but doesn't mean it can't get better either, Texter. So supposedly Jack Pilgrim said Oscar's camp was wanting around eight million for Oscar to return. Roush, you were kind of breaking up there. Did you have anything to add? I just think that those are numbers being thrown out there. Um, I don't think Oscar had any intention of coming back and they just threw out a big number to see if there would be a bite. And obviously that's, it didn't happen. Kirby says Oscar asked for eight milli hard to kill Cal. If that's what he's dealing with, made a play for Dickinson and buddy from San Diego state and miss Pilgrim said saying Oscar should be in the rafters at the end of the day, I think will be very polarized. I disagree wholeheartedly. He's going to be in the rafters. Hard for me to get over the fact we choked and we're a pretty brutal team with him in the lineup. I say no on the raft, no go on the rafters. Probably fifteen to twenty more Cal players. I think are more deserving. Hey Kirby, what, how did Kevin Greevy do in the NCAA tournament? What about um, um, I'm, I can't think of some more random players to throw up there. You don't have to be good in the NCAA tournament to get in the rafters. Uh, how many Final Fours did Dan Issel go to? Right, like. It, that that's irrelevant. He was unanimous national player of the year. He's the greatest modern rebounder in Kentucky basketball history. He's going to be in the rafters one day. I don't know when. It takes forever, but he's going to be in the rafters one day. Oh, I, oh, I agree exactly what you said, Roush. I I do get like a little bummed out that he's 
seemingly leaving for not a good spot where he could have just solidified basically all the records. Like, I think what he, I, I, I think someday, and I'm talking totally out of my butt here, yeah. but I think someday he's going to regret this decision. I, I like he kind of gave up even more UK glory. Like he could have yeah. been considered the greatest UK basketball player ever from a statistical standpoint, had he stayed one more season. And, and, and here's the, the other part of it too, TJ. He saw playing with the freshmen as a negative thing when it, when it was actually like, no, you, these could be the best players you've ever played with. Like, that's a good yeah, thing. <laughs> I never heard that he thought it was a negative thing, but obviously he didn't think a positive enough thing for him to come back for it. And secondly, like, you know, freshmen are gonna are, are gonna miss your your rebounding machine. And second, like you just thirdly, you were never gonna not be an offensive option if things weren't going well with the offense. Like Cal always could rely on you to go get a bucket if need be, or at least trusted you to do such. And now you're probably gonna be riding around in team vans from G league facility to the other G league facility, which I hope isn't the case. And I hope he finds a role in NBA and I hope he hears his name called on draft night late in the second round, most likely if at all. But I, I do think someday he'll be like, eh, probably should have just said one more year college, but maybe easier for me to say it. And, and, and everything Ralph said is totally true. What he accomplished was incredible. I had a tweet out yesterday of uh, the list of just his national player of the year season. And it's just, yeah, it's unlike sure. anything you're going to see probably again from a UK player. And and in fact, we're going to be doing the, like when they, you talk about all of the players that played for Cal, but like the lack of NCAA tournament, Oscar is going to be like a shining beacon for it. Even though he's not going to have the, like he might be on a playoff team or something. And he's not going to be that superstar that like people are talking about Jamal Murray. Well, how come you didn't win more finals with him? But Oscar's success is, and as a individual, but lack of postseason success is going to be one of those that is brought up in that argument against Cal. Let's rapid fire as much as we can for these remaining texts as far as we can go. Kirby, I know fans are killing Cal and he deserves criticism on the surface until it plays out, but how much of this retention problem is on a toxic fan base? It's not blameless. I, I just, but I say I that every time. it's very little, but yeah. But like, I do, you know, I think sometimes people are pretty nuts, but I think if you're winning, it can be a total, it's a, it's a, it's a benefit. Um. So I don't know. Regardless of Reeve comes back or not, we had a terrible portal season. The allure of Kentucky being Kentucky just isn't the same in the nil era. Time for sweeping changes at the old Drill Craft Center. I disagree with everything. If It could very well be time for changes. I mean, you know, going into about 15 years being the head coach, that's a ton of time at UK basketball. And sometimes you do just need a different shot in the arm. But I disagree with the other stuff. The allure of Kentucky is still great, and UK is still doing well in the nil era. Hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook again. Apologies for the double text. I feel like this is the longest time Cal had to deal with the media members and coaches blaming his succession, or excuse me, his success on paying players and doing business the wrong way. Now that paying players is legal, I feel like he wants to prove to everyone that money had nothing to do with his success, and that's why he won't promise nil deals. I may be wrong, but the man's ego is unmatched, and there's a reason he, we didn't sign any top-tier transfers. The old look at how much money my players in the NBA make spiel doesn't work for older transfers with no NBA talent. And I don't think he realizes that the new era of college sports has left Cal in the dust and I don't see him catching up. It's interesting takes Brad from Bellbrook. I mean, it's a, it's a theory that has some evidence to support it. I do think that like the nil transfer era Cal did not, has not done as well as 
he has adjusted to like the one and done era and some other times in college basketball, but it also hasn't been horrible. We're, this offseason right. in terms of bringing players in has been horrible, but pretty much any other nil situation or any other offseason has not been like this. And that's why I hadn't taken those offseasons for granted. That's a big point of why I wasn't as you know frustrated as other folks were. Junior year Bryce Hopkins sure would be nice. Yeah, he would have been, but he probably would have left too. Yeah. Chris didn't feel good and couldn't see the ball after he hit it, but somehow shot a 40. Yeah, so, weird how that works, yeah. dude. My, wrist, no my wrist did not start hurting till the 10th hole, and I did not – I wasn't – I saw my ball through the first eight holes, but 9 and 10 was not good, so I called it a day. Suck it, pal. Got to agree with the texture there. Hopefully TJ takes Lucy to some doctor. I'm more South End than Roush, but started going there when I was a baby 38 years ago. I got a little East End in me, too. What a combo. Uh, no, I don't take Lucy to that doctor. Dr. Hinkybun. With all this stuff coming out of Livingston, do you all think we're better off with him? Not on the roster this fall? No, but maybe. I mean, you could be. If you, if you just get another – if you get another player – like if you get Jones or the guy from Creighton, what's his last name again? Cal- Calamara? Uh, Kaluma. Kaluma. Calamari. Kaluma. If you get Arthur Kaluma, then yes, you're better. But you need a body. You need So Livingston obviously would have been better than, than none. I love how the Cal Colt has pivoted to now saying this was the plan all along. I highly doubt the plan was to only have scholarships players and two big men this offseason has been an epic failure on a make or break season for Cal still time left but it's running out I haven't seen that pivot for what it's worth maybe it does exist but I haven't seen it okay uh let's stop there you all have plenty of text for tomorrow plus whatever mm-hmm. you all get from the podcast listeners as well predictions on the NBA finals just not just tonight overall series no uh, nug- nugs and five nugs and five for me too I'll do Nuggets in six just to be different. I think maybe Miami ends up stealing one or two where you have Jimmy Butler just go off. Everybody have a great Thursday. I will definitely be back on Tuesday. Go back, Cats. I think they do get through this series after it's all said and done, but they don't go. I think they pick up a loss. But you all will make your all predictions tomorrow. See ya. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio.